Welcome to UCLA Extension's Business Insights with Roger Ternaden, where we highlight hot topics and underlying economic trends useful to you. All of us here at UCLA Extension wish you and your families a pleasant, safe, and peaceful holiday season. This is our year-end podcast. We'll resume in early January, given that the second half of December will unveil many clues for next year's inflation, interest rates, and job growth. By the end of this podcast, you'll have a clearer perspective on the major trends that will impact our families and finances next year. That's my objective today. Most, if not all, of our listeners appreciate that the digital world is a flood of information and data 24 hours a day. Pretty much anyone with an internet connection who wants it can have a podium, an opinion, and social media posts that accumulate globally to billions of tweets, retweets, and other types of digital media each day. It's a bit ironic that our younger age groups reportedly look to social media for more than 80% of their daily news while readily admitting that they don't trust the news reported by social media. Unfortunately, lack of trust may become the legacy. A growing lack of trust breaks down needed collaborations in building a stronger united country as well as united neighborhoods, but also creates confusions between what is real and what is fiction. Since pretty much anyone can bring a camera and microphone to their podiums, we need each of us to know enough to be discerning. In other words, the solution is on us as individuals. The effort to educate ourselves enough to be discerning about the economic issues and our professional development to cope with them is squarely on each of us. I, for one, happily accept the challenge of separating economic realities from our information overflow, including hype from organized special interests. Our digital or virtual environment, in my view, is one that can keep our brains scrambled generate incredible frustrations, and make us feel vulnerable as we ultimately have to make decisions in the physical world which determines our health, lifestyles, professional growth, and obviously happiness. Our challenge is not to get more so-called news feeds and social media inputs, but is to sort out the things that really matter for our well-being from those that are distractions at best and just plain lies at worst. Most would benefit by continuing their education from professionals in their fields of interest and cutting back on trying to digest some of the billions of daily opinions brought to our iPhones. These podcasts are my humble way of walking the talk. Since it's almost year-end, please humor me by considering some learning foundations in economic and finance that get buried by today's non-digestible volume of daily soundbites, including those press releases and media broadcasts by lobbyists, government agencies, the Federal Reserve, business associations, trade unions, politicians, and sponsored research entities. I'll try to highlight key factors that will guide you to better control your livelihood, lifestyle, and financial decisions in 2022. Together, we'll focus on the few really important trends, relationships, and career paths to avoid being a victim of information fatigue. Let's get specific and cite what we offered to our listeners actually more than a year ago. We'll start with our correct economic, financial, and jobs guidance 
we gave, while at the time the Federal Reserve, government economists, and politicians, among others, presented pretty much the conclusions opposite to ours. It took Fed Chairman Jay Powell almost a year later to accept the outcomes and forecasts that we presented in our prior podcasts. Please check it out, as they're all still available, and I think quite educational. Don't worry, I'll also cover the areas that didn't turn out the way we thought a year ago. At least they haven't turned out yet. Our podcasts correctly forecast the following based upon data shared at the time a year or two years ago. First of all, high consumer inflation a year ago and longer was on the way. Now it's here and it can no longer be denied. Secondly, continued asset inflation since the pandemic created and continues to create day-to-day a growing bubble in the bond, stock, and residential real estate markets. Does last week's implosion of Bitcoin's price and severe sell-offs of high-flying stocks signal a turning point? I think so, and we'll cover a bit more on the subject in a few minutes. Number three, this year is a hammer blow to low-income families who also are likely renters and dual-income parents who face 15% plus increases in rent renewals and 40% or more increases in child care expenses if child care can be found. Number four, we're witnessing a decline in jobs market despite the onset of new vaccines. We have yet to get close to the numbers who were really employed pre-pandemic, despite all the news spins to the contrary. Number five, we continue the adverse national trend of generating insufficient new jobs creation to offer adequate full-time employment to new high school and college graduates. Over the past year, we've often cited the chronic supply chain disruptions that have an impact for years, not weeks or months. Fed Chairman Powell admitted last week his team badly underestimated this highly negative impact. Frankly, we argued months ago that a million-person shortage in truck drivers and an increasing line of cargo ships lined up outside of our largest ports not only threatened consumer product sales, but threatened small businesses in our many supply chains for many products, including, for example, restaurants unable to obtain adequate cheese imports and fabricators unable to receive assembly parts needed. It's predictable that those at the beginning or the front of the U.S. supply chains ultimately have a compounded issue in the subsequent segments of supply chains that get closer and closer to consumers. If restaurants can't receive their goods needed for food supply and food preparation, if some of the automakers don't receive or are unable to receive some of the components for their fabrication, it has an impact all through the supply chains. And we've seen that and continue to see it. And finally, for now, the impact of global lockdowns on small businesses overall rarely gets mentioned by the media. If you look around your commercial neighborhoods, the vacant stores and service provider shops continue to be vacant. We've mentioned the changes concerning work. For example, work at home has many implications, and we've seen it in high-tech stock prices, which may have been substantially overdone. As an example, DocuSign's 100-point decline in one day last week. But More on point, the work at home and the new work processes do help 
sustain a glut of office space. And this commercial office space glut continues to be a drag on our economy, even though we don't see it so much in commercial construction right now, because the commercial construction is completing projects that were approved and financed before the pandemic. And as these projects complete, the construction industry will likely again have higher and higher unemployment. We have yet to see this impact, but it's likely we will see it in 2022. To be transparent and upfront, some of our concerns over the past year or so have not yet materialized. Actually, I hope some of them don't materialize. Some of the ones who have not yet materialized represented by the continuing bond stock and residential real estate bubble. I'll just call this from now on the asset bubble. Actually, Bitcoin is included in that bubble. Number two, the continuing money creation by the Fed. We didn't expect the Fed to become a servant totally of Congress to support their overspending and continuing multi-trillion dollar budget deficits. And thirdly, the total lack of concern by the political party in power to control federal spending and increases in entitlements is a bit surprising. In fact, I challenge anyone to find political leadership even discussing actions to balance the budget. Overall, our podcasts are still available for your listening, so you'll know I'm not exaggerating by what I just said. At the danger of exaggeration, I'll also suggest that these podcasts, starting with the first one that defines key economic issues and definitions, present a mind map that is not so different than a graduate-level course on understanding key elements of our economic and financial markets, including interest rates and dangers of sustained debt creation. Here is the year-end summary of key takeaways. Number one, many occupations are going through a -a once-in-a-lifetime redefinition. How's that for risky and exaggeration? Consider this list. Artificial intelligence is replacing human work hours rapidly in jobs relating to all design work, from new building construction to product development to health diagnoses and even to paralegal research. Additionally, 3D printing, which has had a few hiccups, is making possible product production that can be distributed locally near the customers, even though it's controlled globally by lead computers locatable almost anywhere. The consumer marketplace now relies on near-immediate delivery. Food, of course, but also millions of products sold online. The U.S. has been overstocking, overstored in brick-and-mortar retail for decades versus Europe and Asia, and now the U.S. office space market appears excessive with low new jobs creation and work at home in the spotlight. So the real estate marketplace is quite segmented, but the entire marketplace has been supported by low interest rates, and that is now changing. This is to say today that any jobs relating to retail sales, including distribution planning, require new learning and new tools to succeed versus only a few years ago. Secondly, Economics 101 has taught for years that excess money creation directly impacts the inflation rates. There is no new economics on this subject, despite how boring this relationship may appear to many. Here's an interesting observation to me anyway. As as long as massive money creation inflated home prices, the stock market and the bond markets, the Federal Reserve and politicians pretty much ignored it. Now that consumers are catching on that their savings and earnings buy less and less food, gasoline, and cars to say nothing about 10 to 15% increases this year in rent, the Fed and Congress 
now seem to care. Career politicians and bureaucrats have one important mission, to get reelected and reappointed. So now their reelection and reappointment is threatened, and now they care. This past year or so, the Fed has injected so much new money that it accounts for over 40% of the whole gross national product for 2021 of the United States. This is historical, and the resulting inflation is impacting everyone. Now, it's obvious. We discussed this as a severe and upcoming event over a year ago because asset inflation was already in process, but most so-called reporters like to report the higher stock market prices while ignoring the fact that housing was rapidly becoming unaffordable and again not realizing or admitting that more and more money creation impacts everything and everybody. The foundations laid by the massive and constantly increasing government borrowing and Fed money creation force us to call a stagflation economy. This was specifically denied by many, including the Federal Reserve. And the Fed has been in denial up until days ago. And they continued up until days ago to indicate either no inflation or small transitory inflation until Jay Powell finally announced the Fed is dropping the word transitory. Here, in my opinion, is another key lesson to learn as it occurs over and over with politicians, policymakers, and leaders. The failure to admit a mistake and to change course. When is the last time in your life you've heard a politician admit she or he made a mistake? Never. At least Jay Powell admitted his team had underestimated the inflation issue. So the second lesson to always remember is that those with large staffs and large budgets can make big mistakes. Why? Well, one reason is that opinions counter to a leader's present course are just not welcome. Many will opt for job security, or at least job continuation, versus going up against a large and well-funded organization, even though that organization lives on a road paved by mistakes. So if you're dedicated and educated, you can figure out when policies and practices just don't make sense. Ahead of the well-funded, fast-steaming locomotives and their well-funded momentum. Number three, why does any of this matter to a business owner or me or a salaried professional? In the past few years, many businesses have been kept afloat by government transfer payments and Fed efforts to keep interest rates low. This is now changing, as it ultimately has to. Remember the Fed controls short-term interest rates, but the long-term bond market is simply too big for even the world's largest central bank to control. And when bondholders fear higher inflation, simply said, no large bondholder wants to be at the end of the line when interest rates increase due to inflation. Remember, when interest rates go up, bond prices reflexively go down. Would you want to be a bond fund manager and explain to your fund managers why you just lost 20% or more of your investment? It's easy to lose 20% or more if your long-term investment rates go up 1% to 2% from where they are today. Today is December 5th. Consider what many have learned when higher and higher inflation is ultimately acknowledged by the marketplace. The bond market sells off and then the stock market sells off. Small businesses counting on continued government subsidies enter the road to bankruptcy. The government turns its attention to the stability of the dollar in the foreign exchange markets at the expense of continuing the new subsidy programs. 
The United States is bipolar in terms of politics, and new spending programs of major significance can't or won't be passed by a dysfunctional Congress, which means new money will go to first support the banking system and secondly to fund the massive rollovers of $30 trillion and growing of federal debt. Businesses invest even less as we move into an official recession. Please keep in mind, if we were using more accurate consumer price index deflators, the U.S. economy would have been registering as stagnant for 10 plus years. Now it can't be avoided. We didn't have overall real growth before this upcoming recession, but it's going to be recorded going forward. Both higher labor costs, rent costs, and especially child care costs are impacting now and will gather momentum. And if you are a parent and you are experiencing child care costs, I'll refer two articles to you. The links are posted on the SoundCloud account, and both of the articles are from National Public Radio Research. Essentially, in some areas, child care costs have gone up 40 to 80 percent since the pandemic, and they show no sign of decreasing. Unions will predictably negotiate hard in 2022 for significantly higher wages. Hospitality and restaurant workers are demanding and getting higher wages, as are truck drivers, port workers, construction workers, so far, professionals needed by high-tech and internet growth companies. In total, at this time, in my view, the next surprise for the Fed will be wage inflation, and wage inflation is really hard to slow down. And at the time, the Federal Reserve is tightening on interest rates and sending the U.S. into a recession, that may be required to slow down some of the inflation. But politicians want to avoid this no matter what, as they have to maintain their perceived success in running the economy. And in my view, they will do or spend whatever they need to to maintain their own positions. Anyway, this is where we're going into 2022. Unfortunately, my own expectation is that volatility will continue to increase in terms of asset prices, consumer prices, job security, and social unrest. Now that Fed Chair Jay Powell appears set for his second term and Congress continues to spend new trillions of dollars, our economic future will continue pretty much as we've often described, and that is higher and higher levels of government debt will continue to rely on more and more Fed money creation to purchase this growing debt. And if the Federal Reserve needs to maintain their asset purchase program, even though they've said they're going to decrease it, they will maintain it and probably grow it again. Continuing record high inflation will add another big risk. The real threat of high wage increases, which have already started in transportation, high check, and child care, soon to follow will be restaurant, hospitality workers, union jobs, service business providers, and professional occupations, and that would include dry cleaners. You're probably thinking that I've already seen all you mentioned, so what's next? Well, we'll get into that. We'll summarize that soon. The double deficits will continue and likely worsen in 2022. Our trade deficit is already setting new records, and our nation's budget deficit is likely to clock in again at $3 trillion this next year or more. But remember, the European Union, Great Britain, Japan, China are also experiencing the new high levels of inflation, and they actually blame us for that. And they're also experiencing the potential of new financial crises as they continue with their own deficits. 
The bottom line is that our future lifestyles are moving down at a time when we are facing many black swan events this year, and I'm not going into international geopolitics and mentioning military risks, but just the financial risks and the spending, the debt creation, and the likely path toward another official recession. So as much as you can, have a pleasant holiday season, have a wonderful celebration for the new year, and we will be back in early January with the benefit of having many more year-end interim finance and production reports for the U.S. economy. The January forecast will lay much of the groundwork for what we expect based upon much of the new information. So in the meantime, stay well, stay healthy, and stay vigilant. Be sure to email us at rtornadin at uclaextension.edu on more specific questions, which we will answer either personally or select as part of our future podcast. Hosted by Business and Legal Programs Director Roger Tornadin. This podcast is presented by UCLA Extension and produced by Jamie Moss at Studio 10960. These podcasts are made for educational purposes and are not financial advice. The goal is to educate and provide resources on focused economic and job trends with the latest support research so that you can make more informed financial and career decisions that best suit your personal needs. UCLA Extension offers more than 5,000 online and in-classroom courses taught by over 2,000 leading practitioners to help you get from here to there. For more information on this podcast or our financial and legal programs, please check us out at www.uclaextension.edu. We know it's about your life, not just your money.